This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Welcome everyone to another episode of At The Bar. It's Miss Jane here. And as always, I hope the time we're going to share together helps educate, encourage or empower you in your dance studio owner journey. Not only that, I want to do the same for your customer relationship managers. So I'm really excited to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by some new training. It's on front desk magic. It's a customer service excellent workshop, um, which will be on May the 13th, and it's exclusive for your front desk legends. You and I both know that the front desk is integral to the success of your studio. And that's why I've invited my front desk superstar, uh, Susie, who will unpack the six pillars of customer service excellence that I go through today in more detail. And she'll be showing how she puts the theory into action and makes magic every day. This is going to be perfect for your admin team, um, both in terms of professional development, but also creating that community that perhaps they're missing, you know, finding a tribe of other people doing the same work as them. I'd love for them to join us. Get them a seat by heading to my Insta profile at Dance Studio Success or following the link in show notes. Now let's look at the six pillars of customer service excellence together. Hello, everyone. Miss Jane here. Today, we're talking about the six pillars of customer service excellence. Now, these um, pillars are the backbone of, or I guess, the structure that holds up my front desk. Um, A couple of years ago, so my studio is Dance Arts, um, A-R-T-S, Dance Arts, here in Adelaide, South Australia. It's where I'm recording today. And um, our tagline is we move your heart. And so we recently, or not not so recently, it's two years ago now, during um, COVID, we rebranded from the Jane Gretsch Dance Centre. And at that time, we really thought very intentionally about the messages that we were sending out into the world and as as you do when you do a rebrand. And so at that time, we changed our front desk. You know, we used to call it our front desk and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But we changed it to our welcome desk because we just felt like it fitted our brand a little bit more. And 
as part of that, we really focused on, well, what makes our welcome desk so welcoming and what makes our customer service so good? And we know it is good. And so I'm really excited because over the next couple of months, I'll bring you one episode a month really around customer service. So a lot of the time I focus on leadership, um, but I think part of our role is leading, you know, if you're a dance studio owner listening, then part of your role is obviously leading your team to be the best it can be. And this position of customer service manager, administrative manager, customer relationship manager, whatever it is that you want to call them, the, the, the way you lead them and the way they lead themselves is really integral to the success of your business. I'm very blessed to partner with um, a very effective and fun customer relationship manager, and um, she will be joining me when we do some training in May. So you can, you know, hear directly from her. But you know, the person is half the battle. Getting the right person in the right seat is half the battle. And then the other half is making sure that you've got really good training and really good um, supports, really good frameworks. So let's go through very briefly um, the six pillars of customer service that prop up our welcome desk. The first one's attitude. And um, this, I guess, could be I have a joke. It's a dad joke, right? Meaning it's it's bad. I have a bad joke about attitude. Um, and it's also a visual, which really works very badly for podcasts now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> um, but, you know, if my teenagers, bless them, are getting a little bit sassy with me, they, they wouldn't dare. Um, you know, I say the only kind of attitude I want to see in this dance studio is and then obviously I just flip out the most beautiful attitude derriere of, yeah. Uh, so it's not entirely true. It's not the only attitude. The attitude we want, you know, from our customer service legends are that they actually are interested in what they do, like that they are passionate, that they share the same sense of purpose and the why. I think it, it's a really tricky position to fill. That's why getting the right person in the right seat is crucial because you, you need someone that is very attentive to detail, like very detailed, you know. Good admin people are really good. They're organized, they dot their I's, they cross their T's, they have checklists, right? But you don't want them to be so driven by paper that they forget to be a person um, you know, because we really do need them to look up from their computer. If they're managing your first impression, it's a little bit like when I talk to you guys as leaders and I say to you, your team are not an interruption to your work. They are your work. When they come into your office or they say, can I have a quick chat? You know, that you're not like, oh. And sometimes I think the challenge for front desk managers is that they've got so much on, like it can be, uh, wow, a hugely busy role that they'll be just getting into flow and really getting into 
to getting their work done and then someone will come to the front desk and so the challenge is to not roll your eyes <laughs> and and to think well your customers are not an interruption to your work they are your work so you can see how we need to as leaders role model this but also um, having your team just do some reflection on how they're going um, in terms of their attitude you know they really do need to be on board. And I think the best way that that's going to happen is if they share deeply the reason you exist. And um, Susie can talk more about the reason she, she, you know, she's driven by her purpose and what her purpose is um, if, if you come to that training in May. The second one, um, and there's lots of crossover. I mean, this could be, you know, the kind of conversations you also have when leading your team. It is certainly the same kind of conversations that I have leading my teachers, but thinking about the tone of voice. So, particularly on the phone, you know, it is really hard, isn't it? You can't see all of those little um nuances that we do we might have a smile or we might even like in this podcast you can you can make some assumptions when you're listening to me but some of the messages would be lost because the visual aspect isn't there and so if the you know it's no good that they say something in a certain way if the other parts don't actually match so the way you say it is as important as what you say it um, particularly, I think, in terms of empathy, we all need to be empathetic, um, not to the point where it, it can derail us, and empathy can sometimes. We can chat about that another day because you don't want them to be so empathetic that they're going to roll over every time, you know, a process is um, or, or a condition of your enrolment is challenged. <laughs> Um, you need see again. That's why this is hard because you need someone strong to hold the boundaries that you've put in place to protect the business. But you need someone soft because we're dealing with children for the most part of the time, and they you're going to need someone that knows when to flex and when to fold and when to remain firm and and how to bring that to you as well. But mostly that first interaction, you know, if something's not quite right or a child has been injured or whatever it is, um, that that the customer service manager really shows some empathy and in their voices, well as energy, particularly um, one of the things we do really well is making sure that we welcome our, our customers into the studio for their very first visit, make them feel amazing. And that is again, it's not the words. It's not like, welcome to our studio. We're so glad to see you. <laughs> um, it's definitely the way the energy comes across. And we've been talking a little bit about this because we've um we have actually promoted two of our dance step students here and um into a Saturday junior role, junior reception role. And, you know, they're still finding their feet and they're doing really, really well. Like they have blown us away, but at the same time they are 16. And so even little things like, you know, no probs, 
the way they say kind of slang and stuff. We're just coaching them around that and and the way that they can use their voice to show that they're interested. And that can be a challenge for for 16-year-olds, but it can be a challenge for anyone. So um, attitude and tone of voice are the first two kind of things that we'll be looking into a little bit more. I mentioned about, you know, the challenge of us not seeing each other now. I can't see if you're rolling your eyes at me um, listening to this podcast. Uh, You can't see me smiling in at my computer. So thinking about our body language, you know, again, go back to your teachers coming in and interrupting your flow of work. Do your shoulders slump? Do you kind of like, ah, think about the way our face, our eyes, the way um, we're using our bodies to to bring across a message. Gosh, COVID has been hard, hasn't it? Because we're not being allowed to touch each other, which I realise sounds very interesting, but I think you know what I mean. And sometimes it can be as teachers, we've been trained or it might be intuitive that when we have a young um, child come to us that we mill down to their level. That's the kind of body language I want to see. That's the kind of movement I want to see from my front desk team. I want them to not just talk to the fee-paying customer, but obviously to really reach the child at their level. And so it might be now that things are getting slightly safer that they reach out and put a hand on the little one's shoulder and say welcome or something like that. Um, I know Susie will go into this more when we when we do our training session together, but she comes out from behind the desk because she feels like a lot of the time when she's dealing with customers that our little people can't see her quite as well and that mostly that the desk is kind of creates this barrier between them because it does. It is absolutely a barrier. And so she comes out and stands next to them. And that in itself is a really lovely gesture of goodwill and generosity, you know, of saying, well, here I am, I'm on your side and I'm here to serve you rather than being that person that's sitting over there on the other side of the desk. I have a lovely story about that. It's got nothing to do with... um, dance studio life, but I think a lot of inspiration that I have for my business doesn't come from other dance studios. Um, Sorry. (laughs) But when you go into other businesses and they're doing things really well, I'm like, "Mm, stealing that. Or obviously on the flip side, when they do something and you're like, oh my God, we are not doing that. Anyway, Um, goodness, I'm good at the long introductions to stories, aren't I? Um, At the vet, when I took Coda a little while ago, um, he was being, shall we say embarrassing? Yeah, he was being completely cavoodle. He was like, um, (coughs) yes, I did just do a cavoodle at the vet impersonation on my podcast. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, Anyway, he was being embarrassing and he and the, and the receptionist was like, oh, is he just very excited or is he a bit anxious? I'm like, he's just bloody embarrassing is what he is. So I said, oh, he just loves life. <laughs> he's like his mother. What can I say? He doesn't stop talking. Um, anyway, she gave him a little snacky 
also like his mother, I didn't get a snack. He got a snack. Um, and she put <laughs> she put this little um, piece of material that had, I guess, like some like calm the calm down smell on it because it were I felt much calmer. <laughs> uh, so he put this little bit of material on his collar that was meant to calm him down in case he was anxious. He really wasn't. He was just like chatty. Anyway, at that time, I was like, all right, this receptionist here is a little bit like my receptionist (laughs) at the dance studio. (laughs) Animals, kids. (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking about... I've lost it a little bit because I was thinking about putting bits of material with calming essential oils on the students. <laughs> oh, I'm going to pull it together. I'm going to get back on track. Please stay with me. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, I thought it was similar because the receptionist at the vet, you know, obviously needs to have really good phone manner. They have to have you know, really good organisational skills. But at the end of the day, they have to really show empathy towards animals and owners. And that's a very different skill to perhaps the receptionist might have at the dentist. (laughs) I'm going to move on. (laughs) All right. Another pillar that we use here of customer service excellence is choosing our words. So I've already talked about tone. And choosing our words and really reframing um, things to focus on the, the positive rather than the negative. I don't know whether you know this, but at Disneyland, um, they do not say the word no. <laughs> it's just not in their vocabulary. Um, it certainly is in toddler's vocab, right? No. Um, and so instead of saying no, they'll give you an alternative I'm trying to think of an example now, but, you know, can we, um, oh, I've got one. So post-COVID, we had to do an outdoor um, performance, which was great. It was great. I'm trying not to think about it. No, look, it was all right. Um, And we said you could bring chairs, but if you sat in the front bit, um, you could purchase what we called like a blanket box, I think, from memory. So if you were sitting right down the front, you could only sit on your blanket. You couldn't sit on a chair. If you sat at the back, you could sit on a chair. Okay. Seems pretty straightforward. Well, of course, people questioned that. What about those low chairs? You know, like the beach chairs. Can't we sit of those in the blanket box? So instead of saying no, <laughs> no, you can sit on your butt. Um, we thought about, well, what would happen in Disneyland? The answer is yes. Yes, you can absolutely sit on one of those low chairs. However, you will need to um, purchase an area behind the blanket box areas. So you mean I can't sit on that low chair in the blanket box? In the blanket box areas, we are only allowing blankets. If you'd like to sit on the low-lying chair, we've got plenty of space in this area here, right? We both know that we're all saying no, but the word no doesn't get get delivered. Um, it's a it's a fun little thing to play around with because you you realize how much you do say no. You know, can we this? Can we leave the performance early? Can I pick up my child from backstage because we've got great 
Nana's 80th birthday. Instead of saying, no, it's not safe, we can't open the door, la-da-da-da-da, what we can do is make sure that little Lucy is the first child out because we know you have to race off. So I will meet you at the stage door directly after the performance as soon as the curtain comes down and have her ready to go, right? So you're not saying no, this is what we can do. So what we can do. Um, and, you know, Susie is really good at that. She's been to Disneyland twice and we've had lots of conversations about that. Another one, um, another pillar is actually interest. You know, how many times have you been in a business where you're like chatting away and you're like, I don't actually think they're listening um, or they don't know who I am? You know, we have to really connect with our customers because I think anyway, we're in a great situation in that our customers are not once and done. We're not the local um I was going to say delicatessen, but they don't really have those anymore. You know, like milk bar, we don't really have those because it's all at the service station and the 24-hour supermarkets and stuff. Um, but we're not the kind of business that you go to once and then that's it. You know, some of your students will have been with you for over 10 years, some 15. And so you do want someone that's going to show an interest in those families and connect with them in the same way that your teachers and to really listen, um, you know, and, and be interested when they have a baby to really celebrate it and um, that kind of thing. And then the final pillar is you need someone that's willing to take action. One of the trickiest things as we grow is just getting more staff and having more staff to tell what to do. I, you know, I think of my customer relationship manager in that position has always working so closely with me. I've, I've had, um, well, I've been in, in this business for 16 years and during that time I've had one, two, three, four customer relationship managers and I've always worked really, really closely with them because they're my eyes and ears. You know, a lot of the time um, if I have to focus on working on the business, I have to, I have to leave it to them to, to do the operational side of the business. I have to trust them, first of all, but I need them to take action. I need them to solve problems. Um, you know, if if they have the information, then I need them to, to take it through to the end. And then there are times, obviously, that they're going to refer things, but the longer somebody's in the role, the, the more um, that, you know, sorry, the less that that has to happen. And you can lead your customer service um, rep or your admin manager in this. So in when they come to you with a question about what actions to take, you can be a coach that's part of your job and say to them, well, all right, thanks for laying out the facts. But if you were me, like, give me your recommendation. What would you do? And you, they'll tell you what they did. You'll either agree or not. And that's fine. In fact, it's, it's good either way. If you agree with their course of action, then you can say that is fantastic, um, amazing. I definitely agree, and this is why. If you don't, you it might just be because you've, you're privy to more information and you can use that opportunity to coach them. So you can say, listen, um, I agree with about 80% there, but 
I'm just wondering, have you considered such and such? They'll say yes or no. All right. And have you considered the impact that's going to have in this other area? Because I'd like you to. And so what you're doing over time is is giving them more and more um, information to be able to take action and then provide a wow customer service because you know what our customers want? They want results. There is nothing the worse than as being the customer than going somewhere and then going, I don't really know. I'll get back to you. And you're like, bet you don't. <laughs> so in that circumstance, you know, if there is something that your your admin person can't resolve then and there, then um, the training that we do around that is giving timeframes, you know. Um, I'd like to refer this on. I think, you know, this is a little bit more complex than perhaps um, leaving it just with me. I will get back to you within 24 hours. What's the best time to call you tomorrow? Or would you prefer me to call or email? So just putting in some supports around the times that you really do expect your front desk manager to handle something and then some processes and systems around the occasions where they don't feel like they they got it a hundred percent so anyway I that's that is the six pillars of customer service that we use at dance arts number one attitude number two the tone of voice number three body language number four the choice of words number five, general interest levels, and number six, whether they are an action taker or not. If you would like Susie and me to go through these pillars in more detail, sharing examples and how to put this theory into action at your front desk, then do join us in that May coaching call. Um, Susie will be running the training, and I think it will be a really great opportunity for front you know dance studio front desk managers to come together and uh feel like they've got their own community because it is it is important to know that we're not alone in the work that we do and um even though they've got us these dance studio owners spoiler alert we can be a little bit crazy (laughs) and so maybe they might like just to connect with some other people like them and maybe just lament about their crazy bosses (laughs) anyway i hope this has been helpful uh thank you for listening as always i really appreciate your time and your support and look forward to chatting with you at the bar again another another day bye for now today i've talked about the six pillars of customer service excellence very briefly And if this is something you feel your front desk team could benefit from diving into more deeply, then I invite you to invest in their professional development and purchase them a seat at the Front Desk Magic Customer Service Training Workshop for May. It's our first. I'm really excited to be offering support and encouragement 
to a new community, and that is our front desk legends. Now, I'll be joined by my customer relationship manager, Susie, on Friday the 13th of May. We know that that's not going to suit everyone, so we will send the recording within 24 hours. Find out more by heading to the link in my Instagram bio at Dance Studio Success, uh, and we hope to see you there. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders, and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 